From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 226 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Let's explore the unknown in today's episode, the uncertainty that we all encounter because when we encounter that uncertainty, it's anxiety response. We freeze all of a sudden and then we respond with anger, we fight, or we we run out of there. So let's dive into that. Before we do, actually, I haven't given you guys an update on the challenges I am currently going through. I have talked to you guys about the cold showers, which I am still doing every day. I still get up around 5.30 every day. Not not around 5.30. I get up at 5.20 to be exact, but um, I don't get up later than 5.30 and no matter what time I go to bed and I do my morning routine, that'll be about an hour and I'll meditate, I'll write in a journal, I'll do uh, a meditation. Um, I think I already said that, but in my mind right now, I'm doing the Wim Hof method in the, in the morning as my meditation. So I would lie down on the ground for 20 minutes and do some really deep breathing. And I've noticed after a week of doing this, after the 20 minutes, I would feel unbelievably relaxed and I would see a lot of colors in my mind. Um, I would explore a lot of images while I'm doing the breathing. So some of the images I explore are situations in my life that I conquered and overcame that made me feel empowered. And so I'd imagine those images as I'm doing the breathing. So I'd get back into that empowered state. And then I would also imagine what I want in my future. What is my ideal future? What does that look like? How do I want to be? Where would I live? Or, you know, what would my situation be like? And what do I want with the anxiety project? And so I imagine that. And then after the the breathing, I'll do stretching, and then I will jump in the shower. And I've I've been doing this routine for the past four years, not exactly, but I've been dedicating an hour of my morning to a journal, to a meditation, and to uh, well, this past uh, two years cold showers every day, right? I used to do, I, I, I've always, I've done cold showers for about four years now, but it's been the past year now that I've done it every single morning as part of my routine. And so the challenges I'm currently uh, confronting, I, I, I decided I wanted to read more books so I, I, I finished reading David Goggins' book, uh, Never Finished, which was amazing. Uh, I'm getting into classic books. I, I finished earlier, not this year, but last year, later in the year, I finished Crime and Punishment again, which was, is my all-time favorite book that I've read. Um, 
And then right now I'm reading Brave New World by Huxley, which is phenomenal. I love that book. It's, it's great. Um, but I, I have books lined up for me that I want to dive into. I just want to get through books, classic books that I, I know, well, the classics for a reason. So that's my next challenge. And then I want to tackle just the unknowns of my existence that, you know, they're subtle unknowns, but they're really important because those subtle unknowns, like the tasks that you know you should be doing, but then you don't get around to, I've been tackling a lot of those this past month, just getting stuff done. I'm getting married this year. So there are a lot of things to do, like little things, um, but they all add up. And so the past month I've been tackling those things and I feel a lot of the weight being lifted the more I just look around my where I am in my life right now. And I go, well, what is, what, what needs to be done? And if it's a, if it's a little thing, that's important because, you know, those little things, they stack up pretty quick. So those are, that's a sort, that's a little life update for you guys about what's currently happening. Um, but let's dive into this episode about the unknown and wrestling with the uncertainty that always pops up, always comes its way. Now, I want to bring it back to the mother and child because when you're a child, you slowly creep away from the comfort and security of the mother, right? Like I'll give you the playground example. At the playground, the mother encourages the child to go out and play with the other children and interact. And the child kind of looks back at the mother and slowly steps towards the playground. And, you know, the child looks back at the mother and the mother's encouraging the child. It's like this stepping forth into the unknown away from what's comfortable, away from the security. Now, the, the, then the child in the playground begins to establish a relationship, a connection to the other children. And the more the child uh, explores this connection, this, this play with the other children in this certain environment, the more comfortable the child becomes. And so the, the child is making associations now between the environment and the situation and the children as being something that won't devour them, but rather they are capable of thriving and having fun in, in that sort of situation. So, and then the child also knows that they will return to the mother once the play is done. Like, this is a space where, you know, it's, it's a subtle movement into the unknown. It's gradual. It's gradual. But imagine this. Imagine a child being in a shopping mall and then the mother or father disappears. The rug is pulled from under them in the blink of an eye. Uncertainty pops up. The dragon of chaos, it's massive. It's like the mother dragon emerging and so what does the child do? Immediate freeze. And then aggression. Well, in, in this case, just t terror. And then um, 
it, it usually the child would freeze and, and they wouldn't know what to do. But sometimes, you know, I, I remember when I would get lost when I was a kid, just you know, running around. So it'd be like this uh, flea response being active, like trying to radically find the safety and the comfort of, of my parents. So immediate fear emerges and the ice you're skating on it breaks and you fall through into the underworld. And that's what this episode is all about, the underworld. This unknown, this underworld, is the place where you go when there is a mismatch between your goal-directed behavior and its outcome. And so the obstacles are those unknowns that pop up throughout life. And what happens when we encounter an obstacle that gets in the way of our goal-directed behavior? It's an immediate negative emotion. You, you freeze pretty much. It's like immediate, you're, immediately you're frozen. And what happens when there are too many obstacles all at one time? That's anxiety disorder. Too many things are swept under the rug. When, I, when my clients come and see me, I recognize throughout the years that I've been coaching that there are too many unknowns for them to juggle. And so they need a structure and they need a coach to help them unravel the threads of all of this uncertainty that has been accumulated in their life. Now, for them, there are too many predators to wrestle with. And so that sends that person into this threat detection response. So freeze and then aggression and then and or freeze. So the body burns up all of this fuel to keep you in the in the in this heightened alert state so that you can instinctively respond to the threat and that makes complete sense when the unknown becomes too great for the child they run back to the known space but when the rug gets pulled out from under them and there is no safe space in sight that's complete terror you're a frozen rabbit it's total uncertainty and many of the clients I coach, they continuously avoid those unknowns in their life to the point where they grow into these massive dragons. And for me, when I used to suffer from generalized anxiety disorder, I it rapidly increased the more I would avoid a situation. So having a panic attack in a certain situation and running away, which was common for me and a lot of the people I meet with, I noticed that the fear of the situation immediately grows. But not only the situation, but the fear of the symptoms that show up when I am in that situation. And so I was rapidly shrinking my world down smaller and smaller to a degree where I was unable to leave the confines of my safe zone, the place of security. And 
Then I noticed even when I'm lying in bed, not wanting to get up and do anything during the day, I noticed that the dragon would pop up even in my own home. So no place was safe. And that's so interesting. That reminds me of the Buddha story, right? Like even in the confines of the kingdom, seeing the reality or confronting the reality of existence shocks you and you go, well, how how could this be? I thought everything was safe. I thought this bubble that I was in could protect me. Nothing can protect me from the snakes of existence. And that's absolutely true and horrifying. So now how do you integrate all these different parts of your personality to confront the snakes of existence? So agoraphobia, for me to overcome agoraphobia, it was gradual pushing of just, I was pushing myself out of what was comfortable for me. So my home and my family comfort, like the child at the playground, just moving slowly out, walking a block from my house. And I couldn't even do that sometimes. At the beginning, I, you know, feeling the the sensations, even a, a block from my house, I went back home. So it was it was this pushing, like maybe today I can go the full block and then I would while I'm listening to a podcast about anxiety and learning as I'm pushing myself. So then it got to the point where I'd go to the coffee shop and stay there for an hour or two. And then that was just down the road for me. And that just being there away from that safety and in this unknown space and, and staying there, I was building new associations. Hey, you know, I'm not going to die here. I'm, I'm actually more capable of being in a situation like this unknown place that I am in and, and you know, being okay. I'm not going to faint, die, have a heart attack or, you know, the, 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 uh, the typical thoughts and reactions of someone with health anxiety. So... My symptoms and how I was feeling was categorized in the unknown space, right? What I mean by that is, well, I didn't know what these symptoms meant. I just thought, oh, this is going to do me in, right? And what does you in? Well, the things outside of your comfort zone, the things outside of the confines of the secure campfire tribe that you inhabit. And so for me, because I was confronting so much of this unknown, I thought I was going crazy because when I would talk to my doctor about it continuously to the point where my doctor actually got upset with me and I noticed, oh my God, am I taking this too far? I must be going crazy, right? I must have this unique illness. Nobody knows what this is. I realized that I had to find somebody who wrestled with the same unknown, the same dragon. So finding a coach that you relate to is extremely valuable. It's necessary to add that order and that structure into your existence so that you can traverse, you get the tools and the wisdom that you need to traverse this unknown space, this swamp, this swamp land. 
So, so yes, I thought I was unique. I thought I was going crazy. And I wasn't able to categorize and label these feelings. And that left me frozen in this state of hell. Now, what's so interesting about the book Dante's Inferno is that at the lowest level of hell, Satan is enclosed in a block of ice. He is frozen. And I thought, wow, that's so that's so interesting because too much unknown freezes you and it keeps you enclosed in this chaotic state. And I thought that was so profound when I discovered that and I thought about that. And then... I, I like the anxiety suffer their normal is in this negative frame of mind it certainly was for me day in and day out negative thoughts negative feelings negative emotions and I remained in this enclosed chaos this hell but if you know it is not working then isn't it time to look towards what you don't know you have to look towards the unknown because the pain and suffering became so so what's the word common so habitual so if that became my known territory suffering pain negative thoughts well outside of that that's where i need to look and so I needed to shed my snakeskin. There was a lot to burn off. There was a lot to integrate. There was a lot to confront. So for me, suffering from GAD forced me to look towards my suffering. So going into that rock bottom, into the lowest level of hell, that forced me to look away from what was comfortable for me, the reassurance, the crutches I was leaning on. I just knew like, okay, this suffering, it's still happening. It's actually getting worse. I got to look somewhere else, man. This is not good. And so I had to strip away my beliefs, values, habits. I had to strip the ego down because the ego is what's uh, most familiar to you. The ego is your identification to what, what's just been your normal, to your, the thoughts and your values. And so when we look at a story like Jonah and the whale, what makes this story so profound is that when Jonah refuses to follow God's wisdom and advice to help this, these people of this kingdom, Jonah runs away like we all do when we are confronted with great responsibility or or, or when we're confronted with our inadequacies. We just don't want to pursue that route. It's, it's a lot to bear. But what happens when you ignore the call to change or the, you ignore the doors that could lead you to a greater you, that could lead to greater health, we shut the door. But when we shut the door, what's so interesting about Jonah is that when he flees 
the God's call and he boards his ship, he gets thrown overboard because he admits to the crew, yeah, the storm that, you know, has been tearing the ship apart, I probably caused that because I ignored God's call. And so he gets thrown overboard into the depths of the unknown. And so what's so interesting about this is that when you're in the unknown, you must look towards what you have done to bring yourself into the unknown. Because what are you going to do? Change the world or change yourself? Like, is it the world that's against you? Is it existence that's against you? Because if it is, man, there's no win in that battle. So you better look towards your own self because that you can change. And God knows how much you can, how much better things can be once you strip away your own self. And I'll tell you something from my experience, life started to favor me. Like that's the Cain and Abel story, right? The quality of your sacrifices determine the quality of existence. That's it. So if you're not getting what you want, you're not making big enough sacrifices. So in the unknown, what does Jonah do? He looks towards his own inadequacies. He actually picks his life apart with a fine-tooth comb, right? And he, he examines how he got himself here in this enclosed iced hell and trapped in this belly of the whale. And the more he does that, well, the, the, the more enlightened he becomes and eventually, you know, realizing that he ignored responsibility, realizing that he must go and help the people God told him to help, the whale eventually spat him up onto the shore. So it's, it's useful to look to your own faulty sacrifices than to blame existence. It's either existence, right? Or it's it's you. Now, how the hell are you going to change the world? So you better look towards yourself. So interestingly, this is another tangent I want to get into. The brain is evolved to deal with the known and the unknown. Now, I think this is really, really cool. So the right hemisphere can be described as the chaos side of the brain. And what this means is all the possibilities of the unknown populate the mind. And this side of the brain produces abstract representations and images of what could be. So for me, I remember when I was a kid going into the crawl space and when I was crawling in there, my mind would populate spider, spiders, snakes, just things that could bite me, things I can't see that are in the darkness. Now, the left hemisphere is more linguistic. Now, this is where you talk to yourself. You use rational or irrational words. Now think of the left hemisphere as the part of the brain that helps solve the chaotic potential generated from the right hemisphere. So in summary, the right hemisphere populates the mind with imagistic representations of what you fear and what could do you in 
in the unknown. And the left hemisphere plans how to traverse this unknown and conquer it. So as I was planning my podcast this morning, I realized I was doing the exact thing I was writing about. So I heard a lot of noise upstairs, like thunder, people jump in and a lot of stuff was happening. And then I was, as I was writing out my podcast, I was like, my mind produced the image of recording the podcast and it not going so well because of the noise. And then my left hemisphere chimes in and goes, well, let's not jump to the worst case scenario because... I am not recording this podcast for another hour and they might not be noisy in the next hour. And also I can go and just mention that I'm recording a podcast and then there won't be so much noise. And so the anxiety of that unknown started to settle. And then I told myself, I'll deal with it when the time comes of recording the podcast. So it's amazing how much throughout the day my mind will generate worst case scenario in my mind, but it takes practice to use the left hemisphere, that voice, that internal voice to say, hey, wait a minute, let's really break this down. It's, it may not be as bad as the right hemisphere says it will be. And so being that independent person is a result of being in the unknown and having the wisdom, having the tools to traverse the unknown rather than retreating. And like I always say on the show, what you avoid, that grows in size. Thank you, everybody, for being here listening to the show. That's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. If you want to support the show, please head on over to Spotify, rate the podcast so that it'll help get the podcast out more into the public sphere to other people who are suffering and battling from anxiety. My goal of this show is to give you I want to give you all the tools, techniques, strategies that help people overcome extreme distress, anxiety, chaos. I overcame this unbelievable chaos, this mountain. I was like Bilbo Baggins confronting um, the dragon in the Lonely Mountain. It was just this... It was, it was this huge adventure that I, gra- I grabbed myself by the collar and I was like, you have to go on this adventure because you're in rock bottom, man. Nothing's going to change. You got to stop blaming the world, man. Brad, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. So for me, now that I conquered the dragon, I know the pathway to conquering the dragon. I want to share that with as much people as I can. So thank you, everybody, for letting me know what you think of the show, sending me great questions, rating the show. And remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
there are so many great videos there pertaining to anxiety that I work hard on each and every week so that you guys can take it and put that in your back pocket for when the chaos emerges. I will see you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.